This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, guys? So um, I'm down here. I'm by myself this time. Um, I hope that doesn't make all of you run for the hills right away. But I uh, just wanted to have a little talk. So a couple of weeks ago, I get a letter from one of you guys. And um, it said, uh, hey, Albie, love the show. And, you know, love what you guys are doing. But can you please just stop talking about COVID? Because it's stressing me out. It's making me feel sad. And you guys are, you know, once, twice a week, uh, the 30, 40 minutes that, you know, takes my mind off things. And it's so important to me to have that. And, you know, can we please just kind of keep it fun? And I got to be honest with you. I really take that seriously. Um, we, you know, talk about things that come in as they come in. Obviously, the situation of the world and the current circumstances that surround it are going to come up. But, you know, when somebody says to me, hey, that that's depressing, leave it alone. Part of me wonders and says to myself, you know what? That's kind of part of our job. The, pa- the fact that people come here, they listen to the show, they'll have fun. I take that very seriously. And, you know, part of me says to myself, you know, maybe we should kind of stay away from those topics that are going to, you know, they're, they're just they're just kind of clouding the moment. They're inconvenient. And then I look at the second thing that, you know, really motivates me to do this show. Okay, outside of having fun, it's the sense of community. We joke around and we call it a community, but we are. We really have created that here, and it makes me very, very happy and grateful that that exists because we understand each other. At least that's how it feels to me. You know, I could tell a story, something I do in a box, I'm not going to say it again, and immediately my email inbox is flooded. I got people telling me their mom peed in a litter box one time. And, you know, we tell a, you know, somebody comes in and tells a story about, you know, something that's going on with their, their kids or they're, they're, they're disconnected from their brother or they have a problem with their parents. And we get a flood of these emails that are all talking about the same thing. People that relate to each other, understand each other, they're helping guide each other. Okay. What, we talk about what happens when people are, you know, what, what they do with a, a wedding gift. Okay. All these different things. We all, we all chime in on each other's lives and we do it in a way that's fun. And then I think about that what we've built here and say to myself, you know, if we're going to be a community together, we can't just do that and commit to that when it's convenient for us and when it's easy, when it's fun. There are going to be some certain times where addressing things are necessary. And I think that's where we find ourselves now. And I wanted to come down here. I, you know, this is not, you know, I I really, I really debated for a while 
um, after witnessing what happened with George Floyd, I was extraordinarily bothered by what I saw. I am extraordinarily bothered by the just what feels like the unraveling of our society that has happened afterwards. I have a lot of different observations, a lot of different feelings, and I don't know, maybe I'm just down here to kind of clear my head of them. Um, And maybe this doesn't come out. I'm not totally sure. But when I debated whether or not doing this on Dear Albie made sense, I feel like it does because honestly, when I come down here, this is where I often feel the most understood. And I think that's what we really need the most right now. But I'm going to go on my rant. Bear with me. But I think at the end of the day, the one thing I just want to make clear, I don't think everything I'm about to say just represents my own opinions on this stuff. I don't pretend to be an expert on how to fix this. I don't pretend to have the perspective that matters. Um, Frankly, it's just, you know, I I just needed to get a lot of this stuff out. Um, Even if that's selfish, but, you know, again, this is where I, I feel like I can do that. And and I appreciate all of you guys for that. And, and I think other people kind of need to feel the way I'm feeling right now, like they're being listened to. And right now it's Tuesday. This is actually the day that I wanted what I have already said to air. And um, I had recorded it, uh, you know, whenever I record it. And um, the, the Dear Abby episodes either go out Tuesday or Wednesday. And today's Blackout Tuesday. And um, I said, you know what, I'm not going to promote you know, the show during all of this, even though it is, you know, regarding what's going on. Um, and I just posted a blank picture and I watched the comments come in. I didn't watch it just on mine. I watched it on some of my other friends, my families as well. And when I look at what happened, you know, just seeing, seeing the reactions, the reactions there really just kind of stirred me up and we'll get into it. But First and foremost, what this is about is the the murder of George Floyd was one of the hardest things I've ever had to watch. It is extraordinarily sad that these things seem to continue to happen. It is uh, even more sad that it, the narrative does not seem to be changing. We need to be doing more to make sure that this does not happen to anyone. And... We also need to really, I think, start with understanding each other and ourselves. And I think we've all got to kind of look inside in moments like this, because here's the thing. When we post something like Black Lives Matter, or someone says Black Lives Matter, if your reaction internally is to somehow want to say, well, all lives matter, okay, or to somehow be offended by that, or threatened by that, you really, 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 we, we, we have to just consider why that is. Why that concept would be in any way offensive. What makes us so insecure that we have to respond, or anyone has to respond, all lives matter. No one is saying, okay, that they don't. No one's saying that. But all lives aren't going through some of the challenges that are occurring in this country right now, okay, that are being faced, especially in the black community. So, The notion that we're going to sit here is really bothersome to me. You know, it's kind of like sitting, it's like going to a gas station, okay? And you sit there and you park, okay? In Jersey, we don't don't pump our own gas. So you got an attendant that's sitting there and he's letting every other car goes by, okay? Pull up, 
get gas, pull up, get gas, pull up, get gas. And you're across from them and you're saying, hey, my car needs gas. And he just keeps telling you, oh, well, all cars need, need gas. All of them, all of them. Okay, well, mine doesn't have any and now I can't go anywhere. Yeah, like I, I acknowledge that everybody needs gas, but I'm sitting here. You're not helping me right now. I'm the one that's being impacted by what you are doing to serve everybody else but me. That's what's going on right now. And it's a hard conversation to have. I understand that. There's a lot of different people and different opinions on what should be done. And, and honestly, I'm not going to pretend like I'm some kind of expert, like I even have ideas on what should happen, okay? But we need to start understanding each other. And it has to come from a place of, or at least a willingness to acknowledge that we as a nation, as a country, have things that we need to fix. And acknowledging that that's that there is a system that has racial biases does not, if you are not part of the people that are impacted by those biases, does not make you a bad person. Doesn't mean that you put them there. But we do have a duty, in my opinion, to make sure that we are all treated the same. It's not rocket science. It's not. I found myself in a weird spot the other day. So there's a project we're really, I, I, we've really been excited to tell you guys about. And um, it uh, is located in a place where there was a, a protest recently. So I had to go over there, um, me and my brother, and a couple of police officers came by. And they were talking to us about, you know, just kind of what they were expecting and all of that. And um, as they were walking away, I said to them, hey, guys, stay safe. Now, I truly believe that a police officer's job is one of the most, it, it serves one of, if not the most important roles in society. It is the hardest job in the world, one of them. Um, you know, up there was really everybody that's a first responder in, you know, times of crisis. You know, your firefighters, your, your, um, your, your doctors and nurses, obviously, what's going on with COVID. Anybody that's putting their life out there, this is an extraordinarily difficult job that we in this country take for granted. I don't think we celebrate these people enough. So I said to them, you know, stay safe, guys. You know, out of respect for what they are, at least in, you know, what they are supposed to do, what they symbolize to me. And they looked at me and I said, you know, hey, stay safe, guys. And, and it was almost awkward. It, it was like, Thank you. Like they, 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 as if they expect me to tell them to F off. And then they left there and I was genuinely, it was a, it was a young man and woman. I was genuinely worried for them and what they would have to, you know, would they have to endorse some of the things that I'm seeing that occur in some of these protests, what they can devolve into. So they leave and I'm, I'm honestly saying to myself, you know, I really hope that they're okay. I'm wishing my fellow human being that they are okay. And then a friend of mine lives in New York City. Several friends of mine actually live around New York City. Um, that were out and they were, they were protesting. People that I'm very close to. People that I care about a lot. People that are a different skin color than I am. And I said to them, stay safe. Because they're good people. They want a good thing. And they are out trying to have their voice heard. They're doing it in a way that is angry, rightfully angry, but peaceful. And I got to worry about them. And it's just, I really do feel like we're all fighting for the same thing. We want the same thing. I also do feel like we're being impacted by the same thing. And we'll kind of get into that. But 
when I when I look at this whole situation, the protests in and of themselves, what a protest means to me, it is vitally necessary. It symbolizes progress. And in the event they are effective, that is ultimately what we see. We see real legislative progress in this country. That is how it is supposed to work. The police as a whole, the concept of the police, the role that they represent, it's safety. It's inherently necessary. It is inherently good. We need them. And then you see these pockets. I'm, I'm incredibly, incredibly, incredibly proud in New Jersey to see these pockets of protests that end up with police walking together. It's exactly what I think we need. You see it in Camden. You've seen it in Newark. Okay, you've seen it in Flint, Michigan. Okay, really proud of how New Jersey's handled a lot of this. I, I look at both of these entities that seem to be clashing against each other in the streets right now, the police and, the, and, and protesters. And I say to myself, these are two things that I both view as inherently necessary and good. They, they need to be here. We need to be able to organize protests and have our voice heard so there can be actions taken, especially when there are injustices that are occurring for entirely too long. At the same time, we also need to be able to keep ourselves safe and keep ourselves civilized, keep our society, really, the fabric of it, intact. And I think that we have a problem. We have an imposter problem in this country right now. That's what I think. When I see police and protesters come together, I see something that should right there. There is a moment right there for us to come together, represent each other right in that moment. And you see it. There are pockets where that's happened. But then there's the other element of this, which which is the real, real, real crux of how I feel about this entire situation. We have an imposter problem in society. We have an imposter problem in what we are witnessing go on in front of us. And it's not just even limited to, to police and protesters, okay? But it's in a, a lot of us. You have people that now are within these protests and within this police department that are hijacking the cause they represent to do things for their own self-interest or just because they think they can get away with it or just you know for for any any reason that is just selfishly motivated we have an imposter problem and it's everywhere and that's where i think things change and it's important for us to really designate between the two because we are all fighting against the same thing so in a police department when you have an asshole get behind that badge and hijack the cause it represents to commit atrocious acts. That is a huge, huge, huge problem. Huge problem. And it is something that we need to eradicate and make sure that these people do not have the ability. You know, Chris Rock said it best. Some, some, some jobs just can't have bad apples. It's just how it is. And that is one of them. But I'll tell you the truth. When I speak to people that I know that are in the police world, some of the most angry reactions that I get when I ask them something about, you know, a police officer that does something like this come from them. 
there's nothing worse than a bad cop and no one hates them more than good ones. And it's important that they take action and it's important that it is clear and present in front of all of us because honestly, me seeing a lot of that when I would talk to some, some folks would, would actually be pretty surprising. It's surprising to hear. Because you know why? Because they're the ones right now on the front lines of all of this for ways that they don't feel. They're good people. They're just trying to go home to their families and they're getting bricks thrown at them. But they're not getting bricks thrown at them by protesters because there are imposters in that cause too. And that's where they turn into rioters. And they have their own selfish motivations there. And they take a cause that they claim to represent and completely undermine it with actions that have nothing to do with anything productive for what they're trying to achieve. Nothing. Nothing. The imposters in, in, in a police force betray our trust. Imposters in our protest betray our cause. And it is all of our cause. Equality is something that all of us should 100%, and it is not just here, 100% get behind. There's just no reason not to. And then we get into these situations. You know, you see like an Amy Cooper. All right, so I'll put it in something that I can relate to. All right, Amy Cooper is running around, white lady walking around Central Park. You got a guy just trying to bird watch, and you're calling the cops because he tells you to put your dog on a leash. And you're saying, oh my God, you know, there's a black guy threatening me. I have a huge problem with that. The only thing I share with you is your skin tone at that point. But I don't want the way that you act representing that color because I don't want people to think that the way you think, which is I can weaponize the police department by just saying somebody of a different color than me is threatening me. Guy's trying to watch a a fucking bird. And you can weaponize that by calling the police. What kind of what, what what is going on subconsciously where you think that that's okay? There, there, that is a subliminal amount of racism that you just think that you're going to take this man that's doing nothing wrong and you're going to intimidate him by just picking up the phone. Do you have any idea what, what that's got to feel like? And I know that doesn't represent how I feel. It doesn't represent the majority of how the people that I know that I'm connected to feel. But there's the action and we just paint it with this brush. And it's very dangerous to me that we are doing what I think is happening now, what I think we're at least capable of happening now, which is allowing us to get afraid and letting that fear take over all of us and determine how we act next. Because I think the way that we are allowing the actions of the few on all sides to influence how we look at everybody else is really creating such a volatile situation. So there's a, um, there's a book that I, I read forever ago, and it's by um, this Jesuit priest. Uh, his name's Anthony D'Amelio. Leave it to a Fordham kid to find an Italian Jesuit book. But um, he writes in it. The book's kind of all over the place. It's called Awareness. Um, and there's a, there's a chapter in it and I just want to read it to you guys quick. So he says, some, says, some say that there are only two things in the world, God and fear. 
Love and fear are the only two things. There's only one evil in the world, fear. There's only one good in the world, love. It's sometimes called by other names. It's sometimes called happiness or freedom or peace or joy or God or whatever, but the label doesn't really matter. And there's not a single evil in the world that you cannot trace to fear, not one. Ignorance and fear caused by fear. Ignorance caused by fear. That's where all the evil comes from. That's where your violence comes from. The person who is truly nonviolent, who is incapable of violence, is the person who is fearless. The only, it's only when you're afraid that you become angry. Think of the last time you were angry. Go ahead. Think of the last time you were angry and search for the fear behind it. What were you afraid of losing? What were you afraid of would be taken from you? That's where the anger comes from. Think of an angry person, maybe someone you're afraid of. Can you see how frightened he or she is? He, he is really frightened. He really is. And I really take a lot from that right now. I think it's very, I think there's a lot of points to that that are very, very true. And I think it's highlighted big time in what you're seeing out there. First of all, there is an entire segment of this population that has lived in fear every single day since the day they were born. At least, you know, at a minimum from the people that I have been speaking to about this and I have. All right. Or at least at a, you know, when it comes to the police, they are, they are fearful of the police. You guys can argue if that's learned behavior, if that's, these are things that, you know, they've experienced, but whatever it's, it's, it's irrelevant. They are in fear to be themselves and they are in fear to exist in society for something they can't even, they they didn't choose and can't control. And it's not just black people. We have, we have a major, major issue in this country with just trying to allow people to just be who they are and appreciate them for who they are. And there's no penalties for being who you are. And it is unacceptable that the black community in this country is afraid, especially of people that are supposed to protect them. And we need to do a much better job understanding where that fear comes from, where else it extends to, and creating a system and a society that works for all of us, where no one has to be afraid of just being themselves to exist you see it in the gay community, you, know, you, you see it, you see it uh, spread out across, you know, all kinds of different backgrounds, faiths, what have you. And in this day and age, we don't need this. We don't, we don't, th- we're, we're too evolved as a species for this to have to happen. And now we see how other people are reacting, how we as a society are reacting to this in some cases violently. And in some cases, people's reaction with words are inciting that violence. And it is stoked in my opinion by fear. And instead, what you want to do is show strength. We can't allow our fear to let us become what we want to defeat here. We can't allow our fear to make us turn on each other. We need to come together to do this. We need to understand and love what we are trying to do and accomplish together. And I think what you see now and what we have to really accept is this community is really all we have. And we as a a national community, a worldwide community, we are all that we have. If there's anything I've really learned over the last week, it's in the traditional sense, we don't have a leadership voice that's bringing everything together and, and allowing it to just even hear each other out. We need to hear each other. And if we're not going to get it from the top, we need to do this together. I understand what people are trying to accomplish. And, and I think there's a, just a lot of good here. But the fact is, if we say that we support each other, we need to mean it. And we need to take actions to back those things up. And it's not okay that we are allowing 
like candy that they they reference, but it's like a Twinkie. Like a Twinkie's got a cream filling. Okay, you bite into it. That's what comes out. It's the cream filling. All right, you squeeze it. That's what comes out. You step on it. That's what comes out. You hit it with a sledgehammer. The cream filling is what's going to come out because that's what's inside. When it gets squeezed, that's what comes out. We are getting squeezed right now, and it is up to us to change what is inside. What it has to come out now is not turning on each other, pitting each other against one another, fighting violence, all these things is not what should be coming out of us when we get squeezed. What we need to do right now is understand each other, read patience, empathy. That is what needs to come from us in these moments right here. But we also need to understand that we are fighting against the same thing. There are people that are taking these causes and perverting them for their own selfish game. These wolves in sheep's clothing, we are fighting against the same thing. So creating this environment where those people can thrive needs to stop. It has to. But it also has to stop in the name of changing what has happened to us as a society as a whole and eliminating the systemic issues that we have to just make us all to get on the same playing field. I'm encouraged because I see examples of this in pockets and bits and pieces pretty much everywhere. You've seen in Camden, what happened in Camden was amazing. You know, the, the police officers walking with the protesters, it's what we need to do. Happened in Flint. Killer Mike had a speech that I thought was amazing. Terrence Floyd, Terrence Floyd, think about this. His brother is murdered. And within that same week, he's going out there and he's telling people, if I'm not out here looting, committing acts of violence, Trust me, I'm mad. I'm the most mad of everybody here. But what are you doing? This doesn't help the cause. The amount of wisdom and, and just real leadership that that takes, understanding perspective that that, that takes, is unfathomable. I said I, I, I hadn't done this before, and I put that post up today, and it made me want to come down here again. I'm going to tell you guys you know, why that is. I have this comment. I didn't put anything else up. I put the picture and... and, and no other comment. And I had somebody respond in the comments. And I usually don't entertain a lot of this stuff, but honestly, these are this is part of the problem right now, I feel. I find it ironic that there is this social media couch potato activism, uh, activism going on where if we're supposed to be fighting against or working towards understanding each other and all of that, how any amount of judgment really should be passed on just how you think people should handle themselves and respond. You know, my, my, my grandfather died, and I still haven't posted anything about that. I didn't post anything. I'm the type of person that likes to collect my thoughts on stuff, especially things that trouble me. It's one of those things. There's really not any one of us. We can, we can really um, we can support this cause, what it represents, but... If you were going to come on our pages in support of this cause, then what the fuck are you doing promoting the aspects of it that completely are undermining the entire thing? This isn't a movie, okay? This is not, this is what I see. I, when, I, when I actually, you know what I, you know what I stopped doing? I stopped watching the news. I started watching Periscope, believe it or not. Okay, for a lot of the coverage that I'm actually watching on the riots, I watch Periscope. The, the kids that have phones in their hands, that's who I watch. And you know what I see in a lot of the looting situations, a lot of the fights, okay? I see a lot of white kids. And I see a lot of these self-righteous assholes that are coming on this page telling people how they should be acting, 
how they should be reacting at the same time saying how much you care about everybody and what are you doing you're going out there and you're destroying the community and the resources that all of us will be depending on to create a better place and you're out here advocating for that and you think because you've got some you know you you got you got twitter fingers on this you're going to come by us and you're all of a sudden in a position to tell people how to act you are 100% contributing to the stepping backwards of this cause and you're hiding under it and you got the balls to come out here and say to somebody else oh hey you know this is this is how you should be responding nobody has said anything of substance well, there are some people out there that are now getting behind this cause and hiding behind it. You are an imposter and you're coming around here and you're using that. You're using these protests as Instagram moments. That's what like everyone's acting like. This is the Joker. I see all these people that are posing for pictures and throwing it up there. That's not what this is about. You know, in November, you know, we'll, we'll see if, if everyone's as mobilized in November. That would be something. But no, you are you're, you come out here. You're an Instagram tourist. Taking the suffering of other people on all sides of this and the destruction that we are all having to witness and go through and using it for what? To, pr- to promote yourself like you're some pious good person? Like you've got your shit together? If you care so much, stay out of the way. Support people the way that you can. Use your voice. Come together. Understand each other and listen. You don't go out there and promote all of the, the types of activities. Rebellion. There are things that need to be addressed 110%, but to in any way support the upheaval that is going on, there are cops getting shot out there. Good people that are out there that are just as angry as you are, that also took an oath to protect you guys. I'm talking about the, about the people that are commenting in my, in, my, in my bullshit right now. And that's your plan. Your plan is to jump on Instagram and talk shit to people that you don't even know and run around and loot, loot malls and say that you're doing it in the name of some kind of progress. You're not, it's not progressing anything. So I'm extremely offended at the idea that these people think that they could just tell other people exactly what it is, how to act when this is what you're promoting on the other side. When you are, you are the one taking steps backwards for a cause that I actually care very much about, despite what, you know, your the timing that seems to be so precious to you. And I got news for you. I'm also equally as, you know, not, I wouldn't say I'm equally as offended, but I'm, I'm also troubled with people saying thank you. And this is so nice. This is beautiful, whatever. It's normal. It's what we should be doing. We should be 100%. Nobody, nobody deserves a thank you for expressly getting behind an injustice that is going on. That is an obligation. How you do that, you know, is anybody's decision. I don't pretend to have the answers on that. But I do kind of want to allow this, the Dear Albie community anyway, to, to exchange some ideas, talk to each other, listen to people that have the perspective, and just honestly apply the same logic that we do here. Just just hear each other out and, you know, care about each other. That's it. I'm committed to the concept that something needs to happen. I'm committed to the concept that something needs to be done. I think we need to start by understanding each other. I think we see proof of what happens when we do. I think I think one of the times, I, I, I think in general, when I feel the most myself is when I'm around the kids in, in my family. It's just when I have the most fun. It's where I, I really prefer to be. It's one of the reasons why I'm always home. And... I was really, you know, I've always been very excited about the concept of having my own. And I got to be honest with you, I am not sure I want to do that now. I I think when I see a world that is this divisive, where people are just not taking care of each other, where people don't seem to want to listen to each other, it makes me not want to bring someone that I would care about so deeply into it. 
because we are we cannot allow ourselves to lose our way here and we need to do it together because no one's going to come and save us and do it for us right now. And that's going to, you know, I don't pretend to have the answers. I don't think there's one magic pill that we take and, and just kind of get out of this. But, you know, like I said, maybe it's, maybe this is just kind of a rant. There are some things that I want to implement that I want to do on a personal level, on a bigger level, talking to some friends. You know, I appreciate, I appreciate you guys hanging with me on this. I, uh, I appreciate you guys always being there and listening to me. I think we need to do the same for everybody else right now. And I think we need to get through this together. And that is what we will do. I do I do believe that. So I hope I didn't, you know. Like I said, I, I don't I don't know. I don't even know if this, this comes out. I think I'm just kind of jumbled all over the place and rambled, but I really do love this place. It's corny to say, oh my god, you know. I love this country. It's the greatest country in the world. I love the USA. But sometimes you don't necessarily know what you have until you lose it. And we haven't had each other since February, really. Think about it. We've been in isolation for how long? We've had to separate from ourselves or separate from each other. And now when we force the issue and come together, look at what's happening. For as much things you know that are, that are beautiful here, that are necessary here. There's also, look at what we're doing to each other. And it makes me realize how much I miss this place. But here's the thing. The place that I miss didn't necessarily work for everybody. So going back to business as usual is not going to work. We need to do better than that. So we've had to hit this reset button. So maybe when we come out of this whole thing, maybe we all take steps that it's, it is a different world than the one we left. Maybe getting back to normal, which I've seen in so many letters to come. I can't wait till this just goes back to normal. Well, if normal isn't working for people that I care about a lot, and if normal isn't working for any segment of this population, what are we doing? You're kicking the can down the road. You're not solving anything. So I hope we don't go back to normal. I hope we go back to something. I, th- I hope we go towards something better. And I am 100% down and committed to contributing to that something better. And I think that we all need to at least start there. So that's that. I'm sorry this wasn't a fun episode. I promise we'll get to some good things soon. Um, but it's necessary. I mean, you know, it, like I, I, I can't, I can't allow, I can't forgive myself for just doing, not, not at least voicing how I feel in moments like this and just saying, oh, hey, you know what? We're going to, it's like that back to normal thing. It's, just, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't serve any of us. So if this wasn't fun for you, if this was the type of episode that stressed you out, you should probably ask yourself why, to be honest. But I think what we've got to do is we say we're a community. Let's mean it. I love you guys. Stay safe.